1: All right, welcome everybody back to Cheergating, episode
2: VII, because we haven't quite hit uh, episode 12 yet, isn't that right, Jay?
3: That's right, we're getting close though.
2: Yeah, we're getting close, I know you'll be happy when that happens. This episode we're going to talk a little bit about Nick Saban, we're going to talk about Hugh Freeze, so, you know, two comparable great coaches. We're going to talk about some uh, long shots for the college championship, and some other really great stuff that we got to read, so let's get into it. So I wanted to start with Nick Saban and that high school kid he's recruiting. Did you read anything about this, Jay?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny because he's been being recruited by Mississippi State and Ole Miss for a while, but now he's starting to get in the news once Nick Saban offers him a scholarship.
2: Right. Yeah, now he's all over the news. Everything I was, all the articles I was looking up, he was popping up everywhere.
3: Yeah, no, his name is Jaheem Otis. He's, uh, I, I can't really tell if he's going in eighth grade or going in ninth grade, I keep getting different uh, takes, but he's from Mississippi. He's a good old Mississippi boy. He, uh, His Twitter account, if you can find him on Twitter, he's one hell of a follow. Really? Yeah. I mean, just imagine what you're tweeting in eighth grade. I mean, this kid's, what, well, 15 I can't, years old?
2: I can't imagine that because I had a normal childhood where we didn't have Twitter.
3: Yeah. So imagine if you had this outlet and – not only you had this outlet, but you're also being recruited by Nick Saban.
2: Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I so was good sh- enough to be recruited by Nick Saban in the eighth grade, but so
3: just try to imagine all the hashtags he's using and every tweet he ends with, also I'm going to eighth grade. So he just has to throw that out there as like a slight humble brag. Okay. Like, Oh, and I'm doing this all while I'm 15 years old.
2: Is he humble the whole time or is he like kind of cocky? Uh, like being an eighth grader that's getting recruited by all these D1 schools.
3: Well, here's, uh, here's like his big tweet. It's the one where he's kind of standing up, flexing in front of the Alabama wall with all his pads on. It's all caps, 6'4", 286-pound beast with the uh, muscle emojis. And then straight from there, going to eighth grade, three offers in my first three camps. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and AL. Remember the name, Jaheem Otis. So, I mean, he's just getting his name out there. It's going to be fun to keep up with this kid for the next uh, 35 years until he... Um, makes it to the pros
2: Personally I'm excited uh, I can't wait to see This is like now we're in that golden age Where The kids that we see recruiting Being younger and younger And then on top of that they have social media
3: Exactly yeah And so when we, we start recruiting kids at 11 Like we brought up in the previous episode They're going to start getting big on that social media game And then it, we're going to see even more of this But they're not even going to know Half the voc- vocabulary So it's going to be it's going to be real fun
2: Yeah, this goes back to, in the last episode, we talked about our annual Anarchist Awards. And we started the category, recruit most likely not to sign with that program. And so far, we have the kid from Kentucky, the 11-year-old from Hawaii. I think now he needs to be added onto that list.
3: See, Normally, I would say he applies. But the fact that he got offered by Alabama, I don't think he applies at all. Because I think it's a 99% chance that he ends up at Alabama. That's true.
2: Like, where else are you going to go? Well, like I would say, the the long
3: shot is Ole Miss or Mississippi State because they're in state. Um, we can get into the the culture of Ole Miss right now uh, in a little bit, but yeah, we will get to that. The fact the fact that he got offered by Alabama means that he's going to get offered by, I guess, pretty much every other school.
2: Okay, so um, what about this kid? Maybe we don't actually start this category, but I just think he'd fit perfectly. Most likely to do something stupid and lose scholarships.
3: No, well, yeah, stupid, yes, but not lose scholarships. There's no chance. This kid's gonna lose scholarships.
2: I don't know. You tweet something bad enough. What if he like tweets some? You know, eighth graders do stupid shit, right? What if he tweets him like, pacing on a gravestone or something?
3: Um, I think that would actually. It depends on what the gravestone was. If it was Bear Bryant's gravestone, then yeah. Auburn would definitely offer him.
2: Damn, that's a really good point. So there's no way he can do anything. I'll think of something, some way that he'd be able to lose this scholarship.
3: Also, I hope Ole Miss actually pulls the scholarship because I just saw he tweeted. My 40 at Ole Miss or I no. saw that speed kills my, my 40 at Mississippi State. But he was at the Ole Miss camp.
2: Yeah. What was that about? I saw I was going to ask you. It clearly <laughs> says like Ole Miss or Rebels right behind him in all red, white and blue. I I don't understand. Does he just <laughs> not know the difference?
3: This is what I'm saying. Eighth graders tweeting like this is going to be a lot of fun to keep up with.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a little concerning. And also, I mean, I know he's a big guy and he's an eighth grader. But how what was that 40 time?
3: Yeah, I'd like to know.
2: I wasn't that impressed.
3: Well, yeah, he's 286 pounds and he's not fully grown. People were saying that he's going to be like pushing 6'11". This dude's – that's that's scary.
2: So who's better, that kid or Syrup, our boy Syrup from Kentucky?
3: Oh, it's got to be Syrup.
2: Yeah, I'm giving it to Syrup. Um, I mean this kid's just kind of a poser. He's coming after Syrup in in my opinion. Yeah,
3: Yeah, that's why he keeps adding like, oh, just going to eighth grade.
2: Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. Good for him, I guess, but I think he's gonna do something really stupid soon because I know if I was like in his position in the eighth grade because I did really dumb shit in the eighth grade, and you know no one knew let alone cared so I'm just excited yeah. to see what happens to this kid
3: yeah, Myspace was definitely a different platform
2: yeah, well, I don't even think we had myspace when I was in the eighth grade we had uh, uh we had AOL instant messenger
3: yeah well yeah for sure I, but those definitely overlapped
2: yeah. Well, aim aim came a little bit before, but that's that's a talk for another time. Um, yeah,
3: well, while we're on the while we're on the topic of Nick Saban, I think this is a perfect segue into one of his quotes recently. This is from Sporting News, and the headline kind of threw me off because it's Nick Saban thinks high school football recruits could start skipping senior seasons. I saw. And that. I read that as should start, and I was really confused because that didn't sound like Nick Saban. So that was kind of a clickbait. It got me for sure.
2: Yeah, that was confusing.
3: Um, yeah, so basically, he's just saying that some like how how college football players are starting to sit out some senior year games because they're worried about their draft stock, get, you know, getting hurt and not making all their money, which understandable. And now he's thinking that that's going to start leaking into to high school athletes, saying, "Well, I've already got the scholarship to school A. Why risk my senior season? I'm just going to sit out and you know be healthy from for college."
2: Yeah, I. I get that, but maybe, maybe the like real standout athletes that know they're going somewhere, maybe, but do you really want to do that? Do you want to be that dickhead? I
3: could definitely see how people would want to do that for sure. Um, I mean, I, I think it's kind of concerning. I think coaches just have to stick their ground and say, look, I'm not going to, um, you know, respect that scholarship if you're not going to play your senior season. Like I need to make sure that you're committed
2: Yeah, because I think after watching what his junior season, I get that's when you're like you're heavy into the recruiting. But I need to see one more season. I need to see you, you know, a little bit more grown, a little bit stronger. I want to see what you look like.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, yeah, exactly. And you also just want to see that they have a love for the game. Yeah. I also just as as cheesy as that sounds, you you know.
2: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And come on, senior year, high school football, that's way more important than college.
3: For sure, yeah. Senior year, um, you get the Letterman jackets. Yep. Uh, you don't wear those in college. People yeah. forget about that. No.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, the Texans tried to pull it off, and it looks stupid.
3: Yeah, I was JV my my senior year. So that was definitely a lot bigger than um, than playing any kind of college sport.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was varsity uh, my junior year, but, you know, not a huge deal, whatever. I was just rocking a Letterman. But, yeah, I mean, even in, even in Texas, especially in Texas, where everybody rocks the Letterman's and the coldest it gets is like 40 degrees a year. And we still wear yeah. the Letterman's. Yeah,
3: yeah, Well, there's there's about two weeks that you can wear the Letterman. And if you're talking about school time, because you know, typically the cold time is when you're off on Christmas break. Yeah, so
2: school time, really, there's no good time to wear a Letterman, but you exactly wear it yeah. year round anyway. It'll be like 100 degrees and you're like Letterman over the shoulder or something. Just, you know, just so people know.
3: Mm-hmm. Because, For sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a stupid statement. I think uh, if if you're a real baller, if you're a big baller, you should rock your Letterman and uh, play your senior year. Friday Night Lights It. That's right. Varsity Blues It. All the other high school football movies based in Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah, so moving on from Nick Saban, actually related to Nick Saban, we have an article from NCAA Football on CBS Sports the best bets, and most interesting long shots to make the college football playoffs. Did you look over this show?
3: Uh, yeah, I got a, got a little bit of a chance uh, looking at this. I can't stand these CBS Sports articles just because even when I pause the video, there's like another video that pops up in the corner. So I'm just trying to get it, navigated around this page. So yeah. So I can actually read it.
2: We should, probably, we should probably just resort back to Sports on Earth. They don't play with any of that bullshit.
3: I agree. I definitely agree with that.
2: So... Um, I'm sure everybody will be surprised to hear that Alabama has the best chance, according to CBS.
3: Yeah, huge shocker. Huge shocker there.
2: Yeah. So, just a heads up, uh safe bet, bet on Alabama. Mm-hmm. Or an unsafe bet, because they didn't win last year.
3: Okay, and then uh, number two, I guess, I mean, yeah, this is it's all pretty simple. Florida State 2, USC 3, Ohio State 4.
2: Florida State, though, you think? Well. I guess because they're thinking that they'll win out the ACC, and if you win out the ACC, I guess that's more reputable than winning out uh, the Big Ten. It's definitely more reputable than winning out in the pack.
3: Yeah, no, Florida State's definitely, they returned a ton of talent, and they brought in that crazy recruiting class with Marvin Wilson and um, and Cam Akers. And then DeAndre Francois is coming back. Like, the team's stacked. Derwin James, member Derwin, our boy Derwin with those names. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, Florida State, rightfully so should be up there and it's gonna be crazy seeing alabama play florida state um right at the beginning of the season because there's a pretty good shot that's gonna be one or two
2: yeah i could i mean yeah that would be good but i think them playing each other at the beginning of the season actually hurts one of their odds a lot more
3: rather than playing later in the season
2: rather than not playing each other at all
3: oh of course but if you're gonna play the number one or number two team in the country i'd rather get it done at the beginning of the year yeah that way you're uh your ranking has time towards the end of the season to kind of build itself back. That's true.
2: Um, uh, I'm just, you know, waiting for Houston to make it. Um Yeah,
3: Texas Texas Longhorns, man. Okay. They got some odds.
2: This is the dumbest fucking thing. Why do I keep seeing UT being even mentioned and stuff like this?
3: It's because these are Vegas odds and they know that people are gonna put money on Texas, especially when they see that name up there. They're like, you know what? They just got Tom Herman. I'm going to throw five bucks down.
2: You know what? Yeah, they just got a brand new coach, you know, did well against ranked opponents and couldn't beat UConn or SMU. Uh, Brand new coach. Uh, They're overhyping the whole team, too. They're like, oh, it's it's an older team. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They lost to fucking Iowa State and Kansas.
3: Vegas knows exactly what they're doing. It's just high enough odds where people are going to start putting money on them. This is a... A genius move by them. They're gonna make a lot of money just putting Texas that high.
2: Okay, but when you even like Google best chance to win the Big Twelve, people are mentioning UT, and it's just so irritating.
3: Yeah, it's just a it's just an easy way to please a big fan base, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's just really irritating. It's just uh, they get so overhyped every fucking year. And at what point can we just say, you know what, they're not good? And I was just back in Houston this weekend. I was visiting my old house that I was living in with uh, one of my good buddies, and we were talking about this out on the porch. You know, like a five a.m. talk.
3: I'm mm, sure it was very unbiased conversation.
2: Very unbiased. Yeah, he went to UT. I hate UT. It was it was opinionated. I he he swears eventually he'll get on the podcast. Uh, I had my equipment there ready to go, and he wouldn't do it. So I think he's bluffing. But yeah, we talked about you know the chances of UT, and he was like oh, UT, we definitely have a chance to win the Big 12. So it's like their fans actually believe it. And I tried to explain it to him. I was like, what are you talking about? One, the recruiting class you have coming in right now is one of the worst in UT football history. And yeah, okay, your next recruiting class that Tom Herman's getting right now is supposed to be amazing. They keep landing top recruits. I get it. Maybe in a few years, you'll be good again. But I don't get, he was like, oh, we're returning so many players. I'm like, yeah, because nobody wanted to draft them. What, do they have one draft pick?
3: Okay, well, is that a bad thing for the team that's currently on the field?
2: No, I'm just saying that I don't think they're that talented. I don't think the team that's on the field is even good. I think it's just like Tom Herman needs to try to do the best he can, upset some teams like he always does, and keep his job for a few years until his talent comes in. I think that's his best chance. Next year, I don't see it. They had a terrible recruit class, so all their freshmen are dog shit. And the guys that are still there, yeah, they're a little bit more mature. But what if... what? What kind of talents they have? They haven't seen any. They haven't played. Okay, they beat Oklahoma, but that's a rivalry game. I never put money on rivalry games for that reason.
3: I think you're overstating a little bit how bad their recruiting class was. It was 26th in the country. Like that's not that bad. Well, and then the, the year before that, it was seventh, and they've had top yeah. 10 before that. So right, okay, so like I compiled talent.
2: Okay, but like I said, that's still one of the for worst recruiting classes they've had. Granted, maybe I make it sound a little bit worse than it is, but. They were, it's for Texas, that's not very good. No,
3: yeah, but I guess their thought is they've got talent. They're hoping that they? this new coach, yeah, they had a top, they had number 10 recruiting class three years ago. Yeah, number seven, two years ago. How,
2: how good
1: did all those recruiting classes pan out?
0: Hey, I get it. I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonics therapy. It's not another drug. It's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone, and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.
3: Well, I'm saying the talent is there. I don't think it is. Well, I'm saying the coach they're saying is the issue. I can see where they're coming from because they've got they've got all these recruiting classes piled up, and now if they just have a coach that can coach these recruits like he did at Houston, then I could see why they would think that they're kind of okay. But to. the
2: difference is when Tom Herman came into Houston, the two years before he came in were the supposed worst two years we had in so long. We were in bowl games both those years with winning records and a lot of talent, so it's not like he was coming into a situation where we lost dog shit games and we had losing records for the past three years. Yeah, but
3: you can't say that Houston, when Tom Herman got there, had more talent than Texas has when he got here. I think uh, so. Texas. Just talking specifically off talent based on recruiting classes, that's not true at all. That's not even close to true. Um, so that's the only thing I can go by because I can't really you know, go by just my eye test. I can't. Go and watch these guys practice and compare this guy. To you know what guy, you can so. go by?
2: You how can much? go by well, how good those players were on the field last year, and they weren't good.
3: Well, that's what this all boils back to. They just blame that on Charlie Strong, and yeah, so that's that's,
2: a, that's an easy cop out. And my opinion is, okay, look, when they hired Charlie Strong, I said it was a bad hire. Even my buddy uh, last or a couple nights ago when we were in Houston, he finally for the first time since they hired him admitted to me that I was right, that Charlie Strong was a bad hire. And I get why they t- hired Tom Herman. It was a good hire for them. You know, I hate Tom Herman and I hate UT, but I can admit that that was the best hire for them, 100%. And, I think, and I think he will be a good coach and probably, you know, rebuild that program back to being good again. Most likely. I, if I was going to bet, I, I would always yeah, bet on that.
3: Just out of the cellar at least.
2: Right, exactly, exactly. And, he, I mean, he proved that with his recruiting class, yes, right now. You know, they're great. But I don't think that team is very talented. And I just don't see him coming back this year and winning the Big 12. I told my buddy last night, I said that they would have, they would be 500. They'd be flat even team. Maybe six wins.
3: Okay, that's pretty bold. Um,
2: I guess this is all just speculation until
3: the season actually happens.
2: Yeah, but that's what rumor season's all about.
3: <laughs> and then we can have your, uh, your buddy come on the, the podcast whenever they... Start winning some ball games. Yeah,
2: that's what he'll wait. He'll wait because I have so many UT friends and they all, I think, just don't listen to the podcast anymore because all I do is talk shit about UT. It's kind of become that kind of podcast. But to be fair, I'll right, we'll let
3: them know that I'm here to try and rationalize. Some well, of yeah,
2: to be fair, I talk shit about almost everybody. So I just talk a lot of shit about UT because I'm in Austin. I think that's I think that's a fair statement. But, yeah, it's just – I think he'll come on when they win one game. I even made a bet with him that they would lose against Maryland.
3: Wow. Yep, I mean, a- that's not the – I mean, Maryland's – as possible. It's not like a – it's not like Louisiana Monroe.
2: Yeah, I think they'll lose to Maryland. Uh, he wanted to bet that they would beat Oklahoma, and I said, no, I'm not going to take that bet. Because that's – y'all playing a rival. Tom Herman has apparently proved that he can beat Oklahoma with Houston. So oh,
3: I Charlie Strong <laughs> proved he good last year. That's
2: true. Yeah. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm, I'm being a little smart about the bets, but I, I just to prove my point and how much I believe that UT is overhyped, I bet that they would lose to Maryland.
3: Uh, was there money involved in this bet?
2: Yeah, twenty dollars.
3: That's that's
2: pretty big stakes. Yeah. Well, and then another twenty dollars if they go win more than six games, then he gets twenty. Anything less, then I get twenty.
3: Okay. That's uh all right, this will be interesting to keep up with Texas then. I yeah. know as a non fan, you weren't gonna pay attention to him anyway, but just because strictly because you have money on um, definitely yeah, no no attention put in Texas. Yeah. Since we're on the the, the topic of, of Tom Herman, do you see what he said about the the Texas A M Texas rivalry?
2: Yeah. What was I mean, who cares?
3: So he's back. he's ready to get back on board. And I mean, someone I don't know how much of this is just coach talk, but both coaches are are ready to to continue this rivalry. Okay,
2: yeah, I'm sure every coach at those schools have always wanted to continue the rivalry. This is nothing new for Tom Herman, it, but it's not their it's not up to them. This is not a decision coaches make. So him saying this, it was just like him getting grills in Houston. He found out what the culture likes there and decided to go all in in the media.
3: It's good. I mean, it's good play.
2: Yeah, that's what he does. He's a snake in the grass
3: piece of snake in the grass. That's, yeah. right. That's Kevin, Kevin
2: Bryant. Yeah, exactly. When he, uh, I tweeted that photo, if anybody follows this Twitter account, which, I mean, somebody needs to start following us a little bit closer, and start retweeting shit, because I swear I have t-shirts coming. I'm thinking this weekend. They'll be ready to go. So, start following us, start retweeting us, and you're gonna get a free t-shirt to take out the garbage. Yeah, so I tweeted a photo uh, that somebody Snapchatted me of Tom Herman like laughing with Kevin Durant and I was like that is Benedict Arnold meeting himself
3: yeah two snakes
2: two little snaky traitors
3: alright well I'm gonna you, you're definitely heated and we're gonna we're gonna step off the Texas uh, All right. topic yeah my therapist move would on.
2: appreciate you doing this for me
3: let's yeah let's definitely move on to okay. some more neutral topics
2: okay we'll get a little bit more neutral but I'll find a way to uh, be biased and hate somebody no matter what we talk about So, like I mentioned before, we always want to talk about Sports on Earth on this podcast because it went from us hating them to me admiring them. I don't know how Jay feels about them yet, but um, I'm going to talk about them again. And I know Jay promised he wouldn't let this happen, but it's happening, and you can't stop me. So we got this Sports on Earth article about the ultimate college football road trip of 2017, and like everything they do, it's just so absurd and ridiculous.
3: Yeah, there's, there's no possible way that any of this could happen, but I guess it's fun to, to read through. And more than anything, it's kind of just fun to know that there's games on all these days.
2: Yeah, so this is the biggest news is, I mean, there's games on like every single day.
3: Yeah, so basically they just they went through and found every day that there's a football game and then just picked the best game out of that day and kind of gave you a theoretical like, if you actually wanted to do all this, here's the mileage in between all these all these games – and, um, yeah, like, like here's how you can actually do it.
2: Like Friday, September 15th, Arizona at UTEP. Who would have known that Arizona is playing at UTEP? That's insane.
3: Well, a simple ESPN search probably.
2: Okay. Still, but who, who follows that? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but it's good to know they actually have a lot of Arizona in here. That's kind of weird. Um, yeah.
3: so like some of the absurd transitions, like, uh, Thursday, October 12th, Texas States playing at Louisiana Lafayette. And then they say that you That's have to turn one. around and go Clemson at Syracuse, which is uh, almost 1500 mile drive. <laughs> so in one day, you're supposed to be driving 23 hours. And so it's it's things like that that obviously make this list just absurd. But,
2: but I would but drive that far to see Texas State at uh, Louisiana, Lafayette.
3: I guess if you just had an absorb, and I always this is like my ultimate fantasy is just to have this uh, an endless amount of money. And you could actually do this by just booking all these flights in advance, booking hotels.
2: Oh, I'm not booking. I'm driving the whole way. I'm booking it on the highway is what I'm doing.
3: Literally, I I think some of these are impossible because you've got like 24-hour drives in between a night game and then a day game. So um, it's actually not possible, but I appreciate your enthusiasm.
2: No, one day I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it possible. A lot of people said that uh, it would be impossible to fly.
3: No, that's true. Yeah, back in like – 150 years ago. And the Wright
2: brothers proved them wrong in North Carolina. So I think I'll prove you wrong, Jay. I think I'll show you that it's possible. Speaking of
3: debates, speaking of debates, who's the true home of flight? Is it North Carolina or Ohio? Because I know that's, that's a heated debate between those two states.
2: Yeah, so it's definitely North Carolina. I get that they were from Ohio, but if they didn't do it in Ohio, they did it in North Carolina. So no. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it was in North Carolina. If we're going to like give credit, we can give credit to Ohio for the inventors of flight being from there. Like they could say, cause they, don't they both say home of the first flight or something like that?
3: I think there's like some slight semantic difference in the phrases. Uh, I know North Carolina's first in flight and I'm yeah. not sure what's, so uh, Ohio, maybe...
2: so Ohio should just be like first in inventing flight.
3: Yeah. Just something real, real slight. And that's honestly probably what they do. Uh, I don't think that's inventing. I think it's like home of flight. I'm not sure.
2: But that's just dumb. Like, that's the best you got, Ohio? Come on. At least <laughs> North Carolina, I get it. Like, it happened there. You can, we've both been to the place where it happened. It's cool. You get to see it. So when you go to Ohio and it's like first in flight, you're like, okay, where is it? And they're like, well, if you just drive like two days down to the Outer Banks in North Carolina, you can see where we invented uh, flying, So I'm going to give that one to North Carolina. I think anybody that wants to argue that is from Ohio and probably stupid.
3: After a quick Google, uh, turns out that Connecticut's actually trying to get in the debate too. Whoa,
2: slow down. Slow down, Connecticut.
3: Yeah, no, I don't really want to go uh, research and figure out what they're look, trying to argue. Look, Connecticut,
2: but... we have all given you women's basketball. You can have that, but you don't get yeah. anything else.
3: We're Definitely not giving you first in flight.
2: No, that's come on. There's already two like bigger states than you. Battling this one out.
3: Yeah, let the big boys fight here.
2: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's I wouldn't say big boys. Maybe, okay, big boys, and then like Texas, Florida, and California and New York are the men. Yep, yeah. So, so yeah, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee. Like, these other states are big boys. Uh, men, though, are California, Texas, Florida, and New York.
3: Yeah, so back to this road trip. Uh, basically, just giving a shout-out to Sports
2: on Earth. Yeah, they deserve it. I mean, this was... Every time I look on sports on earth now I'm just amazed because I'm like they really did this it's so like somebody yeah, sat, a research There's somebody sat down and did this
3: over 60 yes uh, 54 games yeah
2: I mean if they are uh if they're paying There's... journalists to actually do this stuff I am here I will quit my job right now i'm I will sit my ass on my lazy boy with this computer and just this is how I'll spend my days and my girlfriend yeah, will probably yeah. leave me and I'll be lonely forever but i'll I'll do this
3: Yeah, because that's – I mean the 54 games and then you're calculating all the mileage between what the estimated – if I click on seven, oh, that actually gives me the Google map direction from stadium to stadium.
2: Yes. Every
3: every single time. And then it's got like some brief commentary. So yeah, this probably took like at least three hours. That's a full work – a day of work.
2: I'd say more than three hours.
3: No, I could probably get this done in like, an hour and a half.
2: All right, well, don't say that, because I don't want them to hire you over me. <laughs> this <laughs> hey, would, this would take me five hours.
3: I'll do this for 20 bucks.
2: Fuck. All right. Well, okay, that's yours. Uh, to be fair, though, I would do this kind of shit for, for, for my free time, for nothing.
3: Yeah, put this thing on your resume.
2: Yeah, this is the type of thing that, yeah, I would just do for fun when I'm, like, not working. And this is why my girlfriend hates me. Because this is what I do. Um, speaking of creating ridiculous articles for fun, I was actually invited tonight to go to this new tech thing because, you know, I'm a, becoming a famous podcaster and everybody wants to shoot me uh, RSVPs to these meetups for tech companies. So I got an invite by a guy that started this meetup thing in Austin for a thing called Steam It. Have you ever heard of this?
3: I have
1: not.
2: Yeah, so Steam It. It's pretty much like a new version of Reddit. It's just pretty much, it's Reddit, so I figured, Jay, you would appreciate this. It's Reddit, but with a cyber currency attached to it. The cyber currency is called Steam, and it's kind of the new Bitcoin. It's one of the, it's somehow related to Bitcoin. Like, one of the guys that used to work with Bitcoin started this thing. I don't know all the info behind all this, because it was just some, like, cool dude with a beard talking to me, and I was just like, oh, tight, tight, yeah, I know all about that tech stuff. But really, I was just like, what the fuck is he talking about? Um... But yeah, it's it's powered by this thing called Steam, which is a cyber currency, and their website is Steamit. And when you post an article on there, or a video or something, and people upvote it, I guess like they do in Reddit, this mm-hmm. way every upvote you get is you you're getting paid with the Steam cyber currency, and so it shows you how much you've made off each post um, with the exchange to the U.S. dollar. Are
3: so, you getting paid for this for this little plug?
2: Uh, <laughs> I'm, maybe, yeah. Well, I'm probably, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get paid because I'm gonna start a Steemit account and put it in there and people will upvote the shit out of it. The guy that came in and gave me the invite did one about the meetup in Austin, the Steemit Austin meetup, which I'm missing right now, unfortunately. And he made $500 off it, like a little over $500 off it. And I even looked it up just to, you know, verify this. And yeah, it's true.
3: Sounds oddly like a pyramid scheme.
2: Well, I mean, you don't have to pay or anything. It's just, they just want you to use their currency. So there's a Time way- Time is money.
3: So how do you use this currency? What do you use it on?
2: Well, you can you can uh, exchange it into like US dollars or they, they're hoping it, it becomes the biggest like cyber currency because Bitcoin, the value has dropped so much. They want to try to become like the main cyber currency.
3: And the only way to gain this Steam currency is through posting cool stuff?
2: No, you can get it- uh, other ways on the internet this is just a way for them to like get it going
3: oh ah, interesting yeah
2: so it's, it's yeah, actually so- a pretty cool idea i think i'm gonna start doing it i think i'm gonna maybe post on there it seems like they have a pretty cool community it's probably like i think it's only like 200,000 people uh users right now so it's still relatively new and it seems like a pretty cool community and you actually make money off it so
3: sounds too good to be true
2: yeah so that's why i'm gonna do it
3: No, I'm not falling for it.
2: All right. I'm falling for it really hard. I'm I'm fully in. And I'm a very skeptical person. But when a cool, like, older hipster guy with a really long beard comes in and is I'm designing shirts for him and I'm he's telling me all about it, I'm sold. I'm like, yeah. Totally.
3: Yeah, that's the difference. You're telling me, not that guy.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. If he was telling you, he's not even, like, a tech guy. He's just, like, a cool hipster, dude. And he starts using, like, tech phrases and you're like, wow, yeah, totally.
3: Yeah, speaking of uh, mix-ups with tech... Um, Hugh Freeze has been in the news recently. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So I'm sure nobody since, has heard about this. Yeah. So, so, since since we last spoken, Hugh Freeze has stepped down as his position as a uh, head football coach. And at by the, the way, I'm probably Pacific.
2: gonna I'm probably gonna throw right here a clip of what me and you said in the last episode. I think it was something along the lines of. Yeah, I mean you shouldn't, cause Ole Miss is dead. <laughs> dead in water. I just want to say that we called this.
3: Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty much always right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: And I'm going to be right on my predictions about who's replacing them, too.
2: Okay. Well, before we get into that, why did Hugh Freeze step down, Jay?
3: Yeah, so it turns out that he was making some calls on his business phone to some escort services out in Tampa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this was determined through uh, the investigation ongoing. And Ross Bjork, the, the Ole Miss uh, athletic director or administrator, uh, found this call and thought it was maybe just a mix-up. It was sounds under like a minute. a
2: dweeb, by the way. Ross? Yeah.
3: He's the exact opposite. You look up a picture and you'll agree with me.
2: Yeah, sounds like a dweeb. I could beat him he's, up.
3: Go he's on. definitely not. Uh, so, yeah, so the first he saw the call, uh, typically calls under a minute, you kind of just chalk up to a miss dial because there's no way to tell the exact length. It's just under a minute. So that could be five seconds, you know, call and hang up. But uh, part of due diligence, he wanted to dig in a little deeper. So he went through all of Hughes records and found the pattern that he'd been calling this escort service regularly. And so there's been some rumors now that Ole Miss kind of knew this was a thing. And this is kind of just their easy out. But now that they're like finally under the pressure, this was this was the perfect time to do it. And I know that People are thinking Ole Miss is in a bad spot, but I'm here to provide the silver lining. I think this is actually a good thing for Ole Miss.
2: Ooh, oh, okay. You think they're going to get out of some of the scandal?
3: Yeah, yeah. So NCAA uh, word on the street is that NCAA is more pissed at Hugh Freeze than they are with with Ole Miss as an institution, which is typically the case. They're usually more upset with the coach. You know, right? They don't have anything against the the AD or the players themselves. And so typically when you fire a coach that looks good, uh that reflects well on your program, the NCAA is going to kind of stick with what they had and not kind of wrench it up a lot anymore. So I think they're going to stick with the one-year bowl ban. I think they're going to stick with the scholarship reductions that they've already placed on themselves. Hmm. So the two the two-year bowl ban I think is out the window. This is just speculation by me, but that's huge because if there's a two-year bowl ban, then players are going to be transferring out left and right. Uh, that's going to mess up recruiting for at least two years. And I mean, look what Hugh did this past season, five wins, didn't even make it to a bowl. Um, obviously he was a great coach uh, for the first few seasons, but I think where are almost stands right now. They could definitely go out and get uh, a nice, yeah, like a, I guess not quite in the mold of Hugh Freeze, coach. Maybe someone a little less uh, open about his faith.
2: Okay. Especially yeah.
3: when, it, when it can backfire.
2: Okay. But well, uh,
3: do, you, do you have any ideas about who you think this is going to replace him?
2: Well, so first of all, I I actually agree with you. I, at first I thought this would be even worse for Ole Miss, but I think you're on to something. So. Yeah.
3: No, it definitely it took me a while to get to this point. At first when I heard the news, I was like, all right, this is it. Ole Miss is done. But uh, after reading a lot of stuff and talking to a lot of people with Ole Miss, uh, it actually seems like there's kind of a, a sense of relief. Like this is finally off our back. As much as Ole Miss fans loved and backed Hugh Freeze, it's it's actually it doesn't really hurt as bad as as I would think.
2: Okay, so for all the Ole Miss fans listening, there you go. That's your uh, insight. Now you know you're actually you're actually safe. You thought you would be much worse, but nope. Jay's here to <laughs> well, tell I'm, you that's not true. Yeah,
3: not going that far, but it's definitely right. not as bad not as bad as it looks.
2: Well, Jay's willing to uh, go out on a limb here and say that you will probably win the FCC West. So
3: yeah, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll stand by that.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah, so I guess that has to lean into like who's going to replace him.
3: Yeah, that's obviously the next big question because right now Matt Luke, who was the offensive line coach two seasons ago. And then promoted to the co-offensive coordinator last year He was now promoted to the interim head coach So it's like, is he going to stay there? It's kind of like an Ed Orjon situation um, Yeah, but also, just, he's not
2: Ed Orjon I mean, he's no Ed Orjon He could be a better coach, but I'd rather well, no one's, Ed
3: Orton. No one's Ed O, but Matt Luke did graduate from Ole Miss He played football at Ole Miss Oh, um, had, that's yeah, that's that, not
2: good. You don't want like the the guy from Ole Miss. That's because he might get the job just because he's like an Ole Miss guy.
3: Well, that's definitely a huge reason why he got it.
2: Yeah, and see, in my opinion, that's not good. I, <laughs> I want to I want the best hire. I don't want the inside guy. I want somebody that is, like doesn't care about the school at all. Actually,
3: okay, I'm not saying that. Like, we're gonna discuss some possible replacements. This is just like the short term. We needed someone to fill Hughes void. This was definitely the best fit, I think. Uh, okay. Within so, the within the program.
2: So I'm gonna start off by saying I think uh, you should never hire a head coach that went there, grew up near there. Just I, I want a head coach that doesn't care about the program at all. He's just like, okay, it's a job. I don't want anybody that actually cares. What's
3: your reason about that?
2: Uh, because no emotions. I want no emotions tied with this coach. I just want him to come in and do his job.
3: Nick Seven Mold.
2: Yep. I just want somebody to come in and do his job. You know what? If he's from the area and uh it can help recruiting the high schools, then fine. But I don't want him to really care about the school. I want him to just be an outsider that uh he's just a good coach and he does his job when he comes to work. Like, well, that's definitely
3: else. Matt Luke. Like his whole family went to Ole Miss. See
2: that's from around the area. That's terrible. He was
3: a he was a walk on, he earned his scholarship, like everything ew, you can imagine. Ew.
2: Ugh. Yeah. That's just awful. The I, dude
3: is Miss through and through.
2: That see, that's terrible.
3: He had an opportunity, I don't know how official this is, but I've heard this many, many times, that he had an opportunity to go be the offensive coordinator at South Carolina last season in the midst of all this NCAA stuff, and he said, no, I'm sticking with Ole Miss.
2: Okay, so before I get into who I think maybe should be the head coach, I hope that he stays. I hope he's the head coach, and because I think everybody, I'm going to prove that I'm right here, and he's not going to do well, and he'll end up like crying at some point, and just being like, I just love... I just love the Rebels. I just want to give my whole life to the Rebels. The, that's I, actually a really
3: good Matt Luke impression.
2: Well, I've never heard him talk. I just imagine that's how he talks because he's from mm. the area. And yeah, he'd just be like, I would divorce my wife if I could marry Ole Miss. So I just think that's going to end up happening at some point. Yeah.
3: No, if he wins like seven games, he's staying for sure.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. Look, if you win seven games, then I was wrong. Then I was wrong. But I think he, if he becomes head coach, he'll you know, win four games and people will make excuses and he'll be like, I just love this school so much. I'm never going anywhere. But yeah. in reality, it's like, look, you can't go anywhere else. Like, you're not a good head coach. So, look, if if he ends up being great, then great for Ole Miss because he'll literally never leave. But I just don't see that happening.
3: All right, so who else do you think is on the uh, on the watch list or replace you?
2: Okay, so right now, do you think Ole Miss is a valuable program for any coach to join?
3: I think they are for a number of reasons, but I also think that the NCAA uh, investigation definitely brings them down a few rungs.
2: Yeah, so I, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, what P5 coach would want to leave their like safe job and go to Ole Miss and play mm-hmm. in the hardest division in college football? Mm-hmm. Why would you want to do that? Because if you're a good enough coach that Ole Miss would actually want, then you have so much job security already. And you're probably winning wherever you are. So why are you going to leave and already... like good program to go to one that's dead in the water, as you put it. Well, they're not dead in the water. Well, that's what you said last episode. Anyway, so I'm looking at G5. I think that's, I think Ole Miss right now has to look at the G5, and it's unfortunate that an SEC West school has to do that, but because of what's going on, I think that's their best chance.
3: I don't think that's unfortunate. Like, that's where a lot of SEC coaches will hire. Um, you know, Gus Malzahn, Hugh Freeze, um, that's both true. from Kevin Sutlin. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So okay. you just got to find a good one.
2: That's true. That's true. So I guess is less miles doing anything. <laughs> That's because that would be the ultimate like slap in the face.
3: I would love to see that happen. Um, and I think there's actually a chance it could happen. But I actually I, I don't want almost hire less miles. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, uh, a number of reasons. I, I think he would be a bad fit with the offense. Um, I think that like he's, he's too getting, good
2: at offense. Is that what you mean?
3: No, I, I think that Ole Miss's style of play is that um, fast, up-tempo, spread offense, and that's not a, at all what, what Les Miles does. And that's, in fact, what got him fired from LSU. Additionally, he's getting old. I think uh Ole Miss would rather get a little bit of a younger coach. I would and rather
2: just have a coach that can knows how to win. And Les Miles, out of all your candidates, if he is a candidate, has proven that he knows how to win at the highest level.
3: Yeah, back in the mid-2000s, but... This is uh, 2017. 2008. games The game's definitely changed.
2: The game has changed. Get out of here with that. Les Miles is still a great coach. If the game w- has
3: definitely changed. You go watch college football from ten years ago and you watch it right now, it doesn't even look the same.
2: Okay, but you know, he doesn't have to he's obviously not a long term coach, but he could help you get out of this rut.
3: And also, we're saying this like we could actually like Ole Miss could actually hire him. Um I mean I think they could definitely pay him and uh
2: I, I don't just, think pay is yeah. I don't think pay going to be an issue, and that's no, another reason why yeah. you can get any G five coach because even with whatever is going on over there, you know any G five coach is like I don't fucking care. I just want to. I want the head coaching position at an SEC school, and yeah, that, yeah. and that money. So yeah, it, it goes back to the G five thing. What do you think about Lane Kiffin, without ever coaching uh, a game as head coach?
3: I think he definitely fits the offense. I don't think. <laughs> After Hugh Freeze, I don't think Lane Kiffin would be a good replacement no, it just would literally personality-wise. Be
2: worse. It would actually be worse.
3: <laughs> like back-to-back coaches. He's worse Ole than Miss Hugh Freeze. Needs, so he's done with a very clean record.
2: Okay, um, so I got, I got somebody like that. Um, Navy's head coach, Ken That
3: would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but then a, again, uh, just look at the offensive style. Like, you got to find someone who's compatible.
2: Okay. App State?
3: App State, that's I've I've actually seen that quite a bit. Scott I've seen, Satterfield, yeah, he's, um, he's a really good coach. I've also seen uh, Neil Brown from Troy.
2: Yeah, Troy's head coach Neil Brown. Yeah, yep, uh, he yeah. I have him on my list also. I think he'd be good. I really like that App State head coach. He's a really really good coach, and they App State like just went, you know, to a bigger conference. What have they been in the the App State's now in the Sun Belt. They've been there for how many years? Like two.
3: Yeah, something short term.
2: And he are they're already talking about App State winning the conference. And I get it, it's the Sun Belt, but you know what? That's that's big to take a Definitely. program that just jumped up and then already winning the conference.
3: Yeah, yeah, they're already doing real well.
2: Yeah, um, I would say Rocky Long from SCSCU. He's a really good coach, but he's really old.
3: Mm-hmm. I think the the long shot is that that coach from uh, UTSA, Frank Wilson.
2: I think that's so dumb. Why?
3: Because he's, he's young and he was the, uh, he coached at LCU as a, as like an offensive coordinator a few years ago. And he also has ties with Ole Miss. He, he coached at Ole Miss back in the mid two thousands.
2: Okay. But how long has he been the head coach at UTSA?
3: Only one season. He took him to a bowl his first year.
2: Okay. I just,
3: so it's not like he's had crazy success, but also what can you expect from UTSA?
2: Well, what can you expect from app state? What can you expect well, from Navy before Ken got there? I mean, what can you expect from SDSU? I'm, what can you expect well, from those Troy? Schools
3: have, those schools have had success before. Um, UTSA is definitely not. And one season is hard to, hard to judge I'm saying. a coach on.
2: The fact that he's really even on the list, I'm just, I don't see it. I, you know what? Maybe if he had already coached like three seasons and he was winning and going to bowl game every year and like winning in the, their conference, then I'd be like, yeah, he's definitely your best option. But the fact of the matter is he couldn't win in his conference. And I get it, it's his first season. I'm not you know, I'm not dogging him on that. But it's his first season. He couldn't even make it to the conference like championship game. They went to a bowl game. I you know, I don't know. I I'd like to see what he can do in in another couple years, but it's UTSA. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he should be on the list right now. I think there's some better options.
3: Yeah, what? yes. Uh so actually a name that I'm thinking about is um and this is kind of a long shot. I, I haven't really seen this much, but PJ Fleck, who uh, coached at Central Michigan or I mean, um, Western Michigan. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about him also, but yeah,
3: he's now he's not Minnesota. He He's only going into his first year, but I mean, Ole Miss calls and hey, we'll pay you four and a half million dollars. You know, you think you would turn that down? I don't know.
2: OK, but also uh, what about our boy Mike Stanford, Jr.? the head coach at Western Kentucky who tweeted at us. I'm going to th- throw him in the mix. He has not coached a single game as a head coach at Western Kentucky. So yeah, he's got that.
3: Yeah, I, I actually like that.
2: Brand new. Hasn't hasn't been a head coach, but he just came from being an OC at Notre Dame. And then an OC at, stamp, at Boise State. And then, you know, wide receiver coach at Stanford. So yeah, he's, no, he's
3: 35. He's really young.
2: Yeah. So just throwing it out there. Maybe. Uh, if we're going to throw out UTSA, I'm throwing him out there. And I always like Western Kentucky. And also, he tweeted at us. So he might be my number one favorite.
3: Alright, well, got anything else on, on the replacement?
2: So I guess just like a quick update. We're looking at G5s. We're looking at Scott Satterfield from App State, uh, Neil Brown from Troy, and my boy, Mike Sanford Jr. I was not Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think uh Ole Miss should look into those guys or just keep your interim head coach uh, lose like almost every single game in the conference. Forever. Yep.
3: If you don't mind, I have got uh, my Reddit segment.
2: Oh, okay. So... Here we go. We're going to do the second Reddit. of the segment. Reddit here first. Of, yeah, Reddit here first. Extra,
0: extra, read all about it. Read
2: all about it. All
3: right, so this is, uh, I'll start off with, remember how we did these favorite and least favorite conference teams?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, so the same guy actually did that list for all Power 5 schools, or uh, conferences. And so I think we went through ACC, correct? Yep. Yeah, so we can... Uh, I don't, Have you seen these? No, not at all. Okay, so I I've, I was going to do SEC and then your favorite, uh, Pac-12.
2: Oh, I love that.
3: Yeah. So you want to see if you can, uh, run through some of your favorite, or not your favorite, but what you would imagine would be the public's favorite and least favorite SEC football schools.
2: So just football, right? This isn't basketball, baseball. It's just football, based on football.
3: Well, I've I found out a little bit more about the poll. Uh, it's just schools. Okay. But it's posted in the college football Reddit.
2: Okay, so it's overall schools though. So I can, I can, you know, UCLA maybe for basketball, but we'll, we'll get into that. So least favorite schools in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Number one, Alabama.
3: Yeah, least favorite for sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, another. By far. <laughs> another least favorite has got to be Florida. Uh,
3: they're up there, okay, but they haven't I been think,
2: good in a while. So that's uh, think, think recent news. Ole Miss.
3: Yeah, second least favorite. Surprising.
2: What? That's actually yeah. a huge win for Ole Miss. So congratulations, <laughs> Jib. Y'all are fine y'all finally made it that everyone yeah. hates you because you know you're good when everyone hates you.
3: Exactly, yeah. I mean you done this poll five years ago. There's no chance that Ole Miss is that low.
2: No, they would be like one of the teams that everybody likes because they're not worried about you.
3: Yeah. And they'd be like, uh, Yeah, I-,
2: I like going to the grove and we never lose to them. So yeah, I like that school.
3: Exactly, yeah. Okay. So do you want to go through some of the most favorites? The, the highest favorites
2: well also is lsu on one of the least favorites no i hate this i hate this whole thing lsu should be number one least favorite.
3: lsu's number two most favorite
2: Ew, who the fuck is doing this that's just wrong
3: <laughs> well here's some of the schools that voted lsu towards the top penn state cal washington minnesota and arizona state
2: i don't understand why
3: yeah i can't i can't tell all right what do you think the most favorite
2: most favorite Tennessee.
3: Tennessee. Now they're pretty much in the middle.
2: Ah, eh, okay. Most favorite. Most favorite. Uh, that's Auburn.
3: Uh, no, I probably would put Auburn up there. Auburn's fifth.
2: Okay, who is it? I I, I think,
3: can't. Uh, Vanderbilt.
2: Okay, I was gonna say Vanderbilt, but then at the same time I was like, who the fuck would say that they actually like Vanderbilt, other than the fact that uh, they beat them every year.
3: Notre Dame. Uh, Southern Cal, Stanford, Wisconsin, Iowa, Texas Tech, Texas, Northwestern, why? Utah, Oregon, Michigan, and Ohio State all voted as their favorite.
2: The, okay, so this is just like in spite of the SEC then. They're like, you know what, we're going to pick the worst team just to, just because like fuck them. Fuck the yeah. whole SEC.
3: I, yeah, it's just like the intimidation. Like, okay, we're not scared of this team. We just have good memories. But LSU is kind of surprising. I guess it's just like the swagger and people like watching a play.
2: I hate them so much.
3: Yeah, I can't tell. Georgia's number three.
2: Okay. Yeah, they haven't been good in a while and they have like people remember them being good and they have a good fan base. I could see that.
3: Yeah, and if you spend time in Athens, it's just you definitely just come up. But then again, you spent time in Oxford, so I guess Right, exactly. That's so not good.
2: I well I think it's just because Georgia hasn't been good in a while. What's
3: surprising is Texas A M is bottom three. For at least? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Was Texas the only school that voted?
3: <laughs> no, but Texas is one of, definitely one of the schools. Actually, it's all Big Twelve schools that voted uh, as <laughs> least favorite, except for Rutgers for some
2: reason. Rutgers, what the fuck, Rutgers? Yeah. What's your yeah. what's your deal?
3: Rutgers so is like we should have been in hates. the
2: SEC, not you.
3: <laughs> all right, so that was just uh, brief on the SEC. But what do you think about the Pac twelve?
2: Uh, Pac twelve least favorite is USC. Of course, yeah. Yeah, Oregon least favorite.
3: Oregon's like right in the middle, actually. That's dumb. It's got to be the, the uniforms. People love that.
2: I hate that. Well, uh, it's it's
3: it's very polarized. You either love them or hate them.
2: Yeah. Then why are they in the middle?
3: Exactly, it evens out because a lot of people had them top, ah, a lot of people had them bottom.
2: Okay. Okay. I see where you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um. USC. Damn. Oregon was my like n- guaranteed number two. The
3: top three definitely makes sense. Most favorites. Um,
2: but stand, stand probably me.
3: It won't make sense. Yeah. Stanford's number three. Yeah.
2: Man, I don't know. I have no idea.
3: Washington is most favorite.
2: Just because of last year, how they were like the underdogs.
3: Yeah, I think they're just kind of likable. Like, I don't really have anything bad to say about them. They had a fun team to watch last season.
2: Yeah. Animal House was filmed there. Maybe people were like, oh, yeah, I I love that movie Animal House. I don't care about the pack because they don't play real football. I'll Uh vote them because of Animal House.
3: And then Colorado is number two. Just – one of those, it's just like, yeah, why
2: not? Okay, I was thinking Colorado also, because they were also good last year, and they're usually not good. And it's just a bunch of hippies that are getting high, so nobody cares. hmm Yeah. Uh, what were some other least favorites, though? Because I had USC, and I couldn't think of anybody else.
3: Arizona and Arizona State.
2: I don't understand that. Is it because they party? I don't know.
3: Yeah, I don't know either. This I is know.
2: the pack. I, I have sh- no idea. They're, they're trying I don't know. The other conferences, I can kind of guess. On this one, I'm just... I have no idea. And, yeah. And I only said USC because they were the last like national champions from the pack, mm-hmm. which is sad because that was so long ago, but
3: yeah. So I got one more, one more article that I found. All right. What do you and got? And this is actually, I, I found out that it, it, they're all by the same uh, author. So I'm just going to keep following this guy. Oh my
2: God. What's his name? Let's give him a shout out.
3: N Bingham 196.
2: N Bingham 196. Yeah. That's
3: okay. Yeah, he's He's a Tennessee fan.
2: Yeah, he's a lot more creative with his articles than he is with his names. But yeah, okay, go on.
3: Yeah, so he's obviously just as thrilled with the college football offseason as we are because he does these crazy <laughs> like breakdowns of stuff.
2: I wonder if we That's could sick. get him on an interview, by the way.
3: He's got this long, um, I guess, like analysis of schools and the closest, like big populations to those schools. <laughs> so he did – he's done a lot of these, but he did – this is the one I'm focused on It's the closest power five stadium to every County. And then (laughs) let me try to explain this. So he found all of the counties or he, he broke down every single County in America by their closest college football power five stadium. And then he added up all of those populations of those counties that are close to that stadium. And then he ranked them. And so basically these are like the biggest by
2: what though I don't understand
3: by population.
2: What? Oh and my so god, this is so <laughs> absurd I mean, it's a really good idea though Because that kind of shows you like the fan base That would be for that school
3: Yeah, so Rutgers is number one They've got 52 counties that are, the, Those counties are the closest to yeah, the school
2: Yeah, because of New York City And
3: the population is 30 million Yeah. And so it just goes down Like UCLA is second because of LA Boston College is third And down the line And this, so he did this for all Power 5 schools And then North Carolina is at the very bottom No way yeah, because they've only got six counties. Because it's the the research triangles right here with North Carolina, North Carolina State, and then Duke. So oh, it's so very it's split up. It's yeah, it's all split up. It's just the closest um, counties to that school, and so there's only six counties that are the closest to Chapel Hill.
2: Is U of H on that list?
3: Uh, no, there's only Power Five schools.
2: See, then I don't care.
3: Yeah, Houston definitely would have been like two or three, or yeah. probably probably three or four.
2: Houston, um, yeah, Houston would have definitely been one of the tops. But so
3: so. I saw this list. I thought, you know, what? I'm supposed to be the stats guy here. Yep. So I wanted to take this to another level.
2: Oh, oh yeah. okay. And So
3: I, I input this data into jump. It's a, a statistical analysis software. Wow.
2: And I don't even know what those words mean. But yeah, go on.
3: Yeah. And so I added uh, a few more columns. I added the wins for the last five seasons. And then I also added the conference.
2: Okay. And I was, I was I like trying to the see if there's yeah, because I was be noticing
3: that a lot of the yeah a lot of the schools towards the top were actually the least successful.
2: Yeah.
3: And so I was trying to see if there was some kind of inverse relationship. Uh, if I look at the plot, it actually does show that that like downward slope, meaning that the smaller the the surrounding area, the more successful. But
2: thank you for explaining that, by the way.
3: <laughs> but it's not it's not statistically significant, so it's it's pretty weak correlation.
2: Well, you could go back to thinking. These schools, with the largest population around them, actually have the least fan support. Because when you're... like This goes back to what I was talking about, colleges and big cities. If you're in a big city, there's a lot to do on the weekends. There's professional teams in every single sport. So it's a lot harder to actually get fan support in cities than it is in a town. Like College Station, where A&M is. You know, that's... I don't want to say the middle of nowhere, because it's around... You know, it's kind of in between Austin and Houston, but in an indirect path. But still, there you know, there's nothing out in College Station and Bryan. If it wasn't for that school, there wouldn't be anything out there. So that area loves that school. That is their professional team. Mm-hmm. So I think this, you could actually almost flip this thing around just to show fan base.
3: Exactly. That's what I was trying to do.
2: Yeah. And so I get that's a good thing for like TV markets. And that's why Rutgers is in the Big Ten now. But I think it just it doesn't pan out like you think it will.
3: Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I also input conferences. Yeah. So, I wanted to see. So, I, I linked the wins to population and conference. And I wanted to see which one was actually like a stronger predictor of success on the football field. And it turns out that population, a smaller population, is actually more valuable than the conference you're in. I don't know what you can make of that, but I just thought it was kind of interesting.
2: Well, I bet the SEC is pretty high then because. They have a lot of schools in college towns and not like cities.
3: Exactly. Yeah, SEC had the 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 highest average of most wins in the five, last five years. Okay. Then-
2: yeah, uh, because the Pac also has schools, you know, around a lot of big cities.
3: Yep, that's um, what I noticed when I was going through it.
2: Yeah, uh, the Big Twelve, they have Austin, uh, Norman's right outside Oklahoma City. TCU's in Fort Worth.
3: Big 12 yeah. actually had uh, a lot more smaller cities, um, I was noticing. But yeah. Big 10, Big 10s, you've got Rutgers, you've got Northwestern, yep. Michigan's, and Ann Arbor, that's big.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, Minnesota, so uh, Ohio State's, Columbus.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So Big 10 has a lot of big cities, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely a link there we should look into. Um, <laughs> as a fan of a school that is G5 and in one of the largest cities in the U.S., it is an interesting. Phenomenon to see when you're actually good, how much you can fill up a stadium and how expensive tickets get quickly. And then when you're dog shit, how that literally no one comes and you can go for free.
3: Yeah, definitely.
2: And you don't experience that in a place like Oxford, Mississippi, because there's nothing else to do there and everyone's going to go all the time, no matter what.
3: All right. Well, that's all I had for Ready right Here First.
2: Okay. I like it. And hopefully this will become Steam It Here First when I start steaming things
3: yeah start naming stuff after the.
2: yeah injury. because yeah because i'll be super rich and i'm pretty much just gonna start making up ridiculous stuff like this guy does on reddit and i'm gonna try to do it on steam it and let's end it on rumor season jay you got any rumors
3: uh, no, but I'm curious to hear what you got.
2: Okay, so pretty much I, I'm, I'm running low on rumors lately, and I need to start thinking about them a little bit harder. I've just been so busy lately, but I think this just goes back to what we said earlier. The best rumor is that Ole Miss keeps their interim head coach. Uh, Matt Luke. They keep Matt Luke in Oxford, Mississippi, and he has a losing record and keeps his job for like three years because he cries about how much he loves uh, Oxford and loves the school Ole Miss good call and also he's a big supporter of keeping colonel reb and not having a black bear
3: mm, uh, i don't think that's true
2: no, i'm just this is a rumor you can't say if it's true or not this is a rumor
3: oh i agree with that
2: all right well that's gonna end it for episode vii we'll come at you with some good stuff in the next one hopefully some more reddit hopefully some more sports on earth and maybe some steaming all right all right and that's what we got Go to it yep see you later jay